Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Poo Drifter. Many years ago, while recovering from a brutal marriage, I was a struggling single parent, putting myself through grad school on a small teaching associate stipend. I was able to rent a modest apartment within walking distance of the urban campus. It was part of a series of small 100-year-old brick townhouses, which I imagine were very nice in their day. Over the years, as old buildings do, it had settled, and the doors and windows were askew enough to be drafty. In the snowy winter, we applied plenty of shrink wrap window cling, In the summer, the brick building was like an oven with no central AC and ventilation was necessary to stave off heat stroke. Despite the hardships, we were safe and we were content. After a couple of years though, this changed when a new dude moved into a nearby apartment. Because out of the scores of parking spaces behind the apartment block, he was assigned the parking space right behind mine. The guy was apparently an avid fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, having made various mods to his car and a vanity plate reading Drifter. He spent all of his free time working on this stupid car. But the idiot had clearly neglected the car's actual engine and exhaust system because in order to drive the thing, he had to warm it up for 10 to 15 minutes before driving off. Every single time. And it wasn't a regular car exhaust. It was billowing and extra rich and smelled like the gasoline wasn't fully burning off. As I mentioned in the beginning, the apartment was old and drafty. So every time he decided to drive his car, sometimes several times a day, he would first let it billow clouds of noxious exhaust fumes into nearby apartments and right into my four-year-old's bedroom. I tried everything to keep the fumes out, but to no avail. My child and I both fell ill every time. This was hurting my kid. I couldn't afford to move and I was out of ideas. Seeing that he was outside working on his car again, but without giving too many teethers about myself, I approached the guy and explained that the fumes were filling my apartment and making me ill. And I politely asked if he would mind warming up his car further away from the surrounding apartments. He sneered at me and said, well, I'm sorry, but not all of us are lucky enough to have mummy and daddy pay for their car and put them through college. I'm sorry that my car is not up to your standards, but I'm not moving it. Shocked, I walked off in a different direction than my apartments, so he wouldn't know exactly where I lived. By the time I got home, I was angry, fuming. I knew that some sort of formal complaints would likely go nowhere. Besides, it would truly be stupid to be the only person to do so right before what I was gonna do next. I took some time to monitor his comings and goings and plan some proper consequences to fix the problem myself. The goal, to end the daily poisoning of my apartment and danger to my child permanently. The budget, shoestring of course, because I didn't have mummy and daddy to pay for my revenge budget. Skill level, low. The problem was the engine and I had very little knowledge about how to quickly, quietly and permanently disable an engine. I didn't know how to jimmy a lock or open a lock gas cap, so I wouldn't be able to get access to the engine or gas tank. 
And no, I wasn't about to Google instructions. Time available, minutes at most. The parking lot was a very busy place. Students came and went at all hours of the day and night and sometimes just hung out there to party or set nearby dumpsters on fire. As much as I wanted to, I couldn't just douse the car in gasoline or set it on fire because it was parked way too close to my apartment. Cosmetic damage wouldn't work. Slashing tires or breaking windows, while satisfying, could be too loud and weren't permanent. And then on reconnaissance day two, I noticed it. His car was old enough to have little triangle windows for venting in the back windows. And he kept them open at night. The answer? I would fight fumes with fumes. The next day, I bought a cheap Gatorade squeeze bottle and some eggs. I made a yellow soup out of egg yolks and warm water to fill up the bottle about two thirds full. Then added some of the fresh dog poo that was always available next to the sidewalk outside I screwed the cap onto the bottle and left it in the sun outside for several days Swirling it around from time to time I waited for the early hours of a tuesday morning when the parking lot was the least busy and snuck up to the car The triangle windows of course were open I popped the cap up aimed it into the car and sprayed days old sun-baked rotten egg and dog poop soup over every available surface of the inside of his car down the window wells into the air conditioner vents and soaking into crevices and upholstery i tossed the gatorade bottle of horror into the dumpster went back inside and went to sleep the next day was a warm one it was one of the great joys of my life to have been home that afternoon at just the right time to be startled by a man's voice screaming what the frick what the frick what the frick i ran upstairs to the window he regularly fumigated and through the blinds watched the scene unfold the dude had opened the driver's side door and repeatedly moved his head closer to sniff and then gag like he refused to believe the smell was coming from his car he opened the other door to investigate and he kept yelling what the frick before finally running off He came back a few minutes later wearing dishwashing gloves and carrying a stucco bucket full of sudsy water a sponge and a scrub brush He spent the next half hour scream growling holding his breath bobbing his head into the car and scrubbing Pulling his head out to gag and scream What the frick and taking deep breaths to go back in the scrubbing and retching and screaming were increasingly interspersed with pounding on the dashboard and the roof kicking his rims and loudly vowing revenge at the sky within about 30 minutes he was surrounded by 10 other dudes standing in a wide half circle around the car some drinking beers watching the show laughing and offering pointers like king of the hill come to life it took him roughly an hour to realize that the battle had been lost the dudes yelling became hoarse and whimpery He retrieved his toolbox, removed the wrench, and started doing something new to the interior. He suddenly pulled out the entire driver's seat, walked away with it, and angrily heaved it into the dumpster. He did the same with the passenger seats. Then he took the bucket over and dumped the soapy poo soup water next to the dumpster, brought the bucket back to the car, turned it upside down, placed it where the driver's seat used to be, sat on it, and I kid you not, drove off that way i never saw the car again he never drove it back 
That and his pride must have been a total loss. My greatest regret is that because smartphones didn't exist, I have no recording of that glorious day. Wow, some truly masterful revenge there to start off today's episode. Don't worry, a lot more revenge to come. But let's just take a second. That was unbelievable. I mean, the image in my head right now of a man driving off in his lovely car that's been fully modded, has a custom number plate, etc., sitting on a bucket instead of a chair. It's just wonderful, I've got to say. If you never saw the car again and he never brought it back, I guess the odds are that he just sold it for parts. Therefore, this could not have gone better. This is literally the perfect revenge. You were never found, the problem was solved, and now you get to live in peace. Unbelievable. What a start to today's episode. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm a team builder. A few years ago, I was sitting in a job interview and the hiring manager asked, what do you consider the greatest accomplishment of your career? This gave me a pause as I've been doing the same thing for over 25 years. I let the mists of memory transport me back in time. So we've got Dorian, the nurse manager, Kip, the program manager, and Dr. Steve, the clinical director. Yes, I had three bosses. I started on the unit as an already seasoned, jaded RN and soon discovered that most staff who worked there were very, very young and inexperienced. Just so everyone knows, an RN is a registered nurse. For many, this was their first real job. They assumed all the weird stuff that happened every day was just normal for the workplace. Dorian had decreed that no one was allowed to write instant reports for med errors or safety issues because it makes me look bad in the safety huddle. Non-clinical staff were allowed to pass meds. Schedule changes happen without notice. Additionally, the department was easily the most toxic I've ever worked in with various cliques at constant war with one another. I could go on and on. The troubles began one day when I opened my email to a message from Dorian, which stated very curtly that I was being investigated for an incident which had happened on the unit, that I was to meet with HR to discuss it and for possible disciplinary action. I was not to discuss the incident with anyone. No date was given, no medical record number, no indication what the issue could be. I replied that I would need the above information. I'd speak with my union rep and meet at a time convenient for me. Dorian declined to give the information, so I declined to meet with him. I began receiving emails almost daily, each more threatening than the last. I printed them all. I contacted my sister, who is an employment attorney. I tried to not start shaking whenever I had to check my email. I was keenly aware that this is Intimidation 101, but it's remarkably effective even when you know that. Because I'm not a direction follower, I was soon discussing this in the break room. And before I knew it, had been approached by three other women who would all receive the same email on the same day. Comparison showed the emails being sent about a minute apart. Now, we didn't work the same shifts nor the same days, so we agreed to call in the union rep and refused to meet with HR. Dorian continued to escalate, including quartering us in the hall, stepping in chest to chest and trying to stare us down. He was a very big guy. Before long, we were speaking to more and more women, and it came to light that Dorian had a habit of targeting them with this exact email. 
followed by others that were more and more threatening until the person would finally meet with HR, get written up for something vague, and then be forced to sign a non-disclosure or no retaliation agreement. This time, it seemed that he had simply picked the wrong four women because we were not having it. I can't tell you how much time at work began to be spent with people crying while recounting their stories. None had thought to call in the union rep. They didn't even know their Weingarten rights. We began to plot. We had limited time, and our company has a long and unglamorous history of protecting people like this. Before long, the entire team was united against the common enemy. LGBTQ staff wrote up statements, backed with witnesses, of grossly homophobic comments, often in the presence of patients. Staff who were immigrants made statements about racial slurs. A staff member who was incredibly petty and vindictive had been compiling a dossier on every perceived policy violation and wrongdoing on Dorian's part since his hiring date and he prepped it for presentation to HR. Now, the graveyard shift, which was made up entirely of huge men, said, Obviously, Dorian isn't trying to flex on us, but we want to help. So, they spent a couple of nights cruising Dorian's social media posts and capturing screenshots of homo, trans, xenophobic, and misogynistic contents. Worried that they hadn't done enough, the night staff paid for a cheap background check, and what a score. A DUI, failure to appear, hit and run, domestic violence, assault with a deadly weapon. Did the company not do a background check? What the frick? Finally, two women came forward with complaints of sexual harassment. One incident had even occurred in the presence of the assistant manager and one was documented in an email. We were ready. We flooded HR with meeting requests and our union rep coordinated the assault so that on Monday we met for simple harassment and intimidation. I met first and HR seemed unimpressed by my complaints. Tuesday, all LGBTQ and staff subjected to racial slurs made their formal complaints. They said that the HR lady looked tired. Wednesday started with the background check, moved into the minutiae of policy violation, and culminated with well-documented quid pro quo sexual harassment. The union rep informed HR that the union's attorney was eager to know how to proceed. HR assured her that would not be necessary. That evening, Dorian posted a sign on his office door saying he would be away for a few days and to contact Kip or Dr. Steve if we needed anything. The graveyard shifts reported that over the weekend, housekeeping came and removed everything from Dorian's office, except his name tag, which the night staff took as a trophy. On Monday at shift change, the CNO, COO and HR met with the team and informed us that effective immediately, Dorian was no longer employed by the hospital. We all sat silently and politely until they exited the unit. When a loud and spontaneous cheer went up, people were hugging each other and cry laughing, high fives all around. The aftermath. To the best of my knowledge, Dorian never worked as an RN again. Frankly, I don't care though. Kip was fired three days later for having been aware of all that was going on and turning a blind eye, and because apparently he'd been touching women on the unit for a couple of years. I hadn't been aware of that, but it came out in the HR meetings. Dr. Steve was also fired for sexual harassment. The unit then hired an old manager of mine who had a long and well-documented history of, you guessed it, sexual harassment. I quit within days of him being offered the job. The department's foray into getting along crumbled. Most of the staff have moved on to other jobs where they seem much happier. So what do you consider the greatest accomplishment of your career? 
I sat up straight, smiled, and said, I took a very fractured team and brought them together to achieve a common goal. I like to think I'm really good at team building. Well, that was just a brilliant story. That's got to be hands down one of the best interview answers I've ever seen. Imagine having that story to fall back on in an interview. So employable. Great answer. I've got to say, Dorian and people like him, just a disgrace society. I don't even get it. Like, what do you gain from intimidating women? I don't know. Maybe some sort of power in your own mind. It's just disgusting. Don't understand it. Never will. But hey, it's a shame that people like Dorian and others in that same office still exist. And what is absolutely ridiculous is that even after this monumental effort from pretty much all the staff, including yourself, of course, OP at the forefront of it all, at this hospital, they get fired, sure, great, but then they get other people in to do their jobs who are exactly like them. So no progress has been made, and ultimately, all staff members have to quit. What? That is how you know that an institution like this is just rotten to the core, disgraceful. And you know what else is disgraceful? If you don't click this playlist on screen right now of all my other nuclear revenge videos. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple or another podcast platform, link to that is down in the description below. If you want to see or listen to all of my revenge stories in one simple place, write that on. Chuck it on in the background while you're gaming, doing homework, chilling out, sleeping, whatever. And yeah, there are some absolute bangers in there, just like this one. Give it a listen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.